God, you are so good to us and we are so uh, humbled to come into your presence this morning. God, we thank you for how you are at work in our hearts and we thank you that uh, we will walk out of here different because uh, we have encountered you this morning. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Thanks, team. Amazing. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm so excited uh, that everyone is here this morning. The sun has come out. I can't tell if it's cold out there. Probably. That wind yesterday was no good, was it? No. The sun seemed like it was going to be nice, and it was just so breezy. All right. I'm here to do some announcements. Are you ready? There's not many, so that's good. I won't get lost and confused. The most important thing that you need to do is download the Church Centre app because it knows everything that I can't remember. So uh, whether you are in Yarram or online or in the room, it's so uh, helpful to you and it's helpful to us. Uh, It's an awesome tool that allows you to sign up for events, uh, suss out small groups if you're looking for a small group, uh, to see what's coming up in church life. There's also a directory on there for anyone who's ticked yes on their profile. Uh, You can find um, email addresses and phone numbers and you can send people little encouraging notes or anything you want. The directory is on there as well. There's so much useful stuff, uh, links to our website, um, sign up for Alpha, all kinds of awesome things on the Church Centre app. So if you don't have it downloaded, uh, I recommend that you do. You can also check in and let us know what service that you're attending. So if you're here this morning, you can check in. You can check in at Yarram. You can check in online all through the uh, Church Centre app. I talk about it every time. Have we all got it downloaded now? (laughs) There was a few nods and a uh, couple of no's, but it's a great resource for you, so... Uh, That is there for you. Amazing. So then the most important announcement that I then have is that the AGM slash team night is coming up on the 10th of May. So you'll find that um, on the Church Centre app as well. But on the 10th of May, we're having a team night, but we're also having our AGM. It'll start at 7pm. You can join in person or you can join on Zoom. So if you attend SBC online or you're in Yarram and the drive at that time of night just uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be worth it, or you've got uh, young kids who need to be embedded at at that time and you want to be able to attend, it will be online for you to be able to do that as well on Zoom. Uh, Your report, all the documents that you need have been emailed to you, but you can also pick up a ministry report in the foyer. We've got some printed if you prefer a paper copy as well. Um, Or, yeah, so if you would like... If there's anything that's missing from that or some more information that you would like before the AGM, uh, just reach out and let us know. But that is going to be on the 10th of May at 7pm. Cool? That's the main little announcement that I have for you this morning. Otherwise, uh, I know we've been doing a lot of sitting and standing this morning, but we're just going to um, continue uh, in worship and then Pastor Brad is going to bring us a great word uh, as we continue our series on Heart for the House. So, I'm going to pray. Should we stand again as we head into worship? Sounds great. Lord God, we just thank you uh, for how uh, you have loved us Um, again and again, God. We never want to be, we never want to move on from that. We always want to be so grateful for the depth of your love and how it uh, covers us um, and how it pursues us. And so we just thank you for that this morning. And we just ask that uh, as the word is open this morning, our hearts would be transformed and changed uh, through our encounter with you. So we thank you, God. Uh, We love you. Uh, Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can be called your child, that we are loved by you, that we are known by you. God, we thank you that 
You love us through our good times and our bad times and everything in between. And God, I pray this morning that that as we're known by you, God, that we might know you in the same way. God, we might have a revelation of your love and a revelation of your grace, a revelation of who you've called us to be and what you've called us to. God, we thank you that we can be unified across different parts of Gippsland this morning, celebrating Jesus and all he is and all he has done. God, we thank you that we are your church. This is your house. And God, we pray that as we uncover your word this morning, as we think about the things that you've called us to, God, that we might experience the, the unity of your spirit in every way. God, we thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, please grab a seat. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Jade. Fantastic job. Good to see you. Good to see you, Yaram. Great to have you with us this morning. And if you're joining us online, uh, a great big welcome to you too. It's fantastic. It's great to have SBC Kids back as well. Any parents excited about that? No? Okay. We'll bring it back in the service. We won't. Hey, I think we're, everyone's keen for that. Um, SBC Kids is on in Yarram as well at the moment. So um, if you get bored of what I'm saying, my encouragement to you is to um, be praying for our kids. It's a great thing to do to just take a moment because they are learning about Jesus right now. They're opening God's word. They're celebrating all he is and uh, the plan that he has for their lives. And uh, what better way for us to partner with that if we're not actually serving in that, in that space to be praying for them in that time. So by all means, um, ignore what I'm saying even now as I babble and, and, um, and pray and intercede on their behalf because it's, uh, it's an important ministry, an important time in their life. Very cool. So this morning we are in week two. Everyone say week two. Good. I just want to check you with me of Heart for the House. Uh, and if you missed last week... Uh, I encourage you to go back because this week, believe it or not, builds on last week. Um, most of the time when we do series, we do them in a particular order on purpose. We don't just sort of like stab in the dark of, although it might feel like that sometimes, we, um, I try to intentionally build on each week. So uh, this week we're going to talk about what commitment is and what commitment to, to the local church is, but it builds on last week. And last week we talked about um, a theology of the church, what the church is, what makes it up. Um, and some of the things that makes up the church are it's made up of believers, so Christians. If you're attending this morning and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, by all means, welcome. You are, you're welcome here. But the church is made up of people who are believers, followers of Jesus. It has qualified leadership. It gathers for preaching and for worship. Um, it practices the sacraments, and we um, had communion this morning. Sacraments is the communion and baptism. We've had both of those over the last few weeks. The church is unified by the Spirit. The, un- the church exists for discipline and for correction. The church exists for love and service for each other. And ultimately, the church exists to fulfill the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all the world. And we sort of had this big idea through last week, and we're going to continue to build on that this morning, that we love the church because Jesus loves the church. And we are called to become more like Jesus in our walk. 
We are called to become more Christ-like, to love what Jesus loves, to do what Jesus does. My English is probably not very good with that, but you get the, you get the drift. Um, to, to reject what he rejects, uh, to follow what he follows, to become more like Jesus, um, to become little Christ, Christians, um, is what we're ultimately called to. And so we want to love the church like Jesus loves the church. Jesus, ultimately, he gave himself for the church, for his bride. Um, yes, he died for you and for me, but by and large, he died for the church. He died for his people. Uh, and so he loves his church. And sometimes our love for the church, the local church, the wider church, is not um, as good as what Jesus' love is. And so we always want to grow in that love. And there's plenty of reasons. But this morning, let me read from Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 23 to 25, a well-known sort of little few verses about the church, if you've um, heard verses on it before. And it says this, Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised, he being Jesus, is faithful. And let us consider, everyone say consider, consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you that we can trust it, that it's true, and that we can follow it, and it's good for our lives. And God, we pray that you would speak to us this morning through it. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you follow many sports. I'm a, I like following um, sports, and one of the things that... Um, is amazing about sports, especially, I don't know, it's always been like this, it seems to have just got out of control, is the, the contracts that sports players sign for the particular sport that they're doing. Um, some of the contracts, I know that there's a, a guy um, in the NBA who just signed a contract this week, Nikola, Nikola Jokic, Jokic, depends on what, what accent you have on. Anyway, it, I think he decided it was at $254 million dollars US dollars uh, contract for, for five years, which is just an absurd amount of money. Um, an absurd amount of money for someone to play a game um, and throw a ball around. Um, but the amazing thing about these contracts is that sometimes they, um, you know, they sign a contract and, and these teams and these organisations will play, pay these players who never actually play. Or they might play one game and get injured, or they might play a game and then just not make the cut, not be as good as they hoped. And so they just sit on the sidelines and they still get paid that full amount. Um, sort of the, the contract is, is a bit of a, a funny thing in these sports worlds because the contract is definitely on the, the person who's paying the bill. Uh, they're, they're committed to it. The person whose uh, job it is to fulfill the contract and provide the, the sporting uh, talent uh, doesn't always have the same level of commitment. Uh, there's a, a classic case of that at the moment when, with a, a guy named Ben Simmons, an Australian basketball player. Um, and if you follow the NBA at all, you'll know that um, he's maybe not holding up his end of the deal like he perhaps should, um, choosing not to play. Or it, it, So it seems, I'm sure, there's more to the story that we don't know. Um, but, you know, this idea of commitment in today's culture is not necessarily like we see... Um, in the Bible. Um, today's sense of commitment is, is more a sense around you do it when it suits you, but if, it, if circumstances change, if things change in your life, then 
you sort of can get out of that commitment and justify it and be okay and feel okay about yourself and everyone's like, yeah, it, it makes sense, it's okay. Um, and because I think we all do that to each other because we all like the idea that someone might do it for us if we let down our end of the commitment, we, um, it, it's sort of a, a perpetuated problem in today's society. Maybe it's not a problem, but I see it as a problem in today's society. So this morning as we talk about commitment, I first want to give you a, an idea, a foundation of what that commitment is. When I'm talking about commitment, what is commitment? I would say it's a, a dedication to a cause or an activity. To be engaged or obligated um, that, in a sense, that it restricts you or it, it, um, it gives you a boundary on what your actions and what your, um, what your life entails. Uh, so a classic example of this is in marriage. You, we commit ourselves to marriage and it puts boundaries and frameworks around what we will do and what we won't do, how we will, um, how we will live, what we will say, um, what the parameters of our life are. Commitments hem us in, um, and in a good way, if we commit to the right things. Um, like I said, commitments in our, in our culture's eyes is not really a commitment that we endeavour to see, or the, not the commitment that Jesus and, and God give to us. Um, contracts are continually changed. Um, you know, um, uh, in buildings, in, in sports, in, in every sort of, in business, contracts are always sort of just being broken and ripped up and um, changed and amended all the time. Um, but when it comes to God's commitment to us, it doesn't change. He doesn't revoke it, he doesn't tear it up and say, well, this is not really suiting me anymore like it used to. Uh, you're not playing your part, you're not doing what you said you would do, so I'm going to rip it up, I'm going to avoid it. He commits to and he accomplishes. Another word for commitment that we see throughout the Bible is this idea of covenant. This idea of covenant. And that's sort of God's way of committing to us. It's this covenant commitment. This commitment that is founded on love. And so the big idea this morning is this. It's very simple. Love leads to commitment. Love leads to commitment. I did a wedding last weekend, as in... I, you know what I mean? I performed a wedding. I didn't perform. I officiated. Thank you. That's the. You could do this, Pat. <laughs> I officiated a wedding last week. I, uh, I got two people married, um, Alana and I. We have our anniversary next week, um, and fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah, thirteen years. Next week's going fast, um, and weddings are fantastic because they. Um, are founded on love. You know, two people love each other and they want to somehow express that love beyond just saying that I love you or you love me. They, they want to make this commitment, a lifelong exclusive co commitment and, and marriage uh, is born from love and it leads to commitment. It's all well and good to say you love something but if you don't commit to it, the love is not as strong as it is or it could be if you didn't commit. When love is real and when it's strong, you make a commitment to that love. Love leads to commitment. Love doesn't lead to convenience. It leads to commitment. And we see that through the Bible. And so I want to give you a quick overview of what God's commitment is and how he displays commitment and then how we are to mirror that in our commitment to the church. 
So God has a commitment with Noah. Um, this is way back when. Um, and you can see that. He's, we have the, the rainbow, and that's a classic sign of, of commitment, of covenant. I will never flood the entire earth again. I will never wipe out the entire earth again. Um, God with Abraham, God promised uh, a land and many descendants. And circumcision was a sign. You can read that in Genesis 15. There was this promise of, um, with him and with Sarah, and it didn't look like it was going to happen. And, of course, we know, uh, if you know the story through Genesis, Abraham and Sarah have a miracle, and the, the promise is fulfilled. God had a commitment or a covenant with David. God gave a promise that through his descendants, he would set up an everlasting kingdom in Psalm 89. And it was through this line of David that Jesus was born. God has a covenant or a commitment with us, and I want to read uh, in Jeremiah 31. It says this, Look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration. When I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, last week we talked about, I'm just pausing there, last week we talked about um, the idea of the local church began in the New Testament. It's a New Testament reality. But at the same time, it's a continuation of the people of Israel, of God's people through the Old Testament. And so, when you see, I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel, this is foreshadowing the church, foreshadowing us, foreshadowing God's people. Verse 32, this one will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, even though I am their master, the Lord's declaration. Instead, this is the covenant I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, the Lord's declaration. I'll put my teaching within them, Write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. So this is the, the promise or the covenant that was promised through um, in Eden, back in Genesis 3, this um, foreshadowing of this commitment. It was promised through Abraham. And the great thing or the wonderful thing about God's commitment is that it's always fulfilled. God's commitment is fulfilled. Through Jesus, God keeps his commitment. He proves his commitment. Through Jesus, God keeps himself committed to you and to me. He is with us. He is our God forever. You see, because God's commitment leads to action. If love leads to commitment, commitment leads to action. Jesus commits himself um, in the sense that he never leaves us. He doesn't just do what is required for salvation and then kick back. He doesn't just throw us a life raft and then go, I've done my job but he commits himself in a way that is never leaving. He stays with us. Jesus commits himself through pain. When Jesus is getting flogged and beaten and put on a cross, he commits even though uh, people are watching, even his only family are watching him die on a cross. He commits to us even though he feels forsaken by the Father through the guilt and the shame of sin. Jesus commits himself to us through false accusations. Um, your sin, my sin... Um, perseveres through the cross. He doesn't, um, he doesn't uh, fire up or say, that's not my sin, but he, through false accusation, through taking our sin, he continues to commit to us. He has made the commitment and he will see it through. Jesus commits himself to us through the responsibility he takes for our actions, for our wrongdoings. Jesus doesn't say, well, it's not my problem. It's their problem. So I'm not going to worry about committing to this. I'm not going to worry about seeing this through. He stays committed, 
stays committed even when it's not his responsibility. And Jesus' commitment was unconditional. He wasn't looking for something in return. Of course, he desires relationship with us, but he's still committed even knowing that we might turn our backs on him. We might reject him. He's still committed to taking our sin on the cross. It was unconditional. And Jesus continues to commit to us. He's still interceding for us. He's still sitting at the right hand of the Father. The perfect sacrifice. He has committed completely to you and to me. And ultimately, this commitment is founded on his love for you and for me. Without this love, the motivation to stay committed would not last. It would wane. It would disappear. He'd throw it in when it didn't suit anymore. And so, in our desire to mirror Jesus' commitment, in our desire to become more like Jesus and to show our love and commitment to the church, it's so important that we remember the basis or the foundation that that commitment comes from. It comes from a love. It doesn't come from anything else. Because if it comes from a convenience, if it comes from um, a, a sense of guilt or shame or uh, or anything else, it won't last. We'll be quick to withdraw that commitment when it doesn't suit us anymore. Love leads to commitment. And so through this next few weeks, as we talk about what commitment is and what having a heart for the house is, if at any point you feel like, oh, I just feel guilty that I'm not doing the right thing, I feel ashamed of my commitment or my involvement with the church, I would say go back and develop a love for the church because that will lead to commitment. If all we say is, I love Jesus, but not the church so much, our love for Jesus is not where it should be. It's not where Jesus would want it to be. It's like saying to someone, I love you, but I don't really like anything else, any of your, your spouse or your kids or, uh, you know, you're okay, but the rest, of the things that you love, whew, they're terrible. It's like, well, that's not the sort of love someone wants to have. Our love for Jesus leads to a love for his church. And a love for his church leads to a commitment to it. Jesus committed to his church completely and unconditionally in all its flaws, in all its weaknesses. And so, why we would commit to a local church, why would commit to, if SBC is your home, why would you commit to SBC? Is it because we're great? <clears throat> I, I wouldn't say it's because we're great. That's not the reason to commit to a church. It's because they're good or the, the best church of a bad bunch or a good bunch or whatever you might think. But rather it's because it's what Jesus has called us to. And it's how we fulfill what Jesus has called us to. Part of why we commit to a, a local church and we don't just watch church uh, and just pick and choose sermons online and worship online and it's because we can't fulfill what we're called to fulfill if we're just consuming different parts from different churches. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to go and watch another sermon. I'm not saying it's bad to listen to different worship music. But what I'm saying is we need to be committed as well to a local church because um, our commitment shows um, our way of honouring what God has called us to. I think it's between 50 and 60 times in the New Testament, depends how you count it, 
the idea of um, one another, loving one another, be kind to uh, one another, forgive one another, welcome each other. Yes, this is to all Christians, but some of those commands you can't do to all Christians because you have to be in community or in relationship with Christians to, um, you know, to forgive each other. It's all well and good to say I forgive those people in Ohio in their local church. I don't even know their names. They haven't done anything against me. I can't fulfill that command. It's only when we live in relationship and not that we're supposed to hurt each other so that we can fulfill this command. But it's only when you're in relationship with each other, rubbing against each other, that you have the opportunity to forgive. Or to bear each other's burdens is another one. How can you bear each other's burdens if you don't know each other? The local church is the primary context to live out the one another's in the New Testament. The command to pray for one another demands that not that you just pray for me and that I pray for you. Sorry, the command to pray for one another demands not only that you pray for me, but I pray for you. Church doesn't exist simply for us to enc- for you to encourage me, but for me to encourage you as well. And so if you are just receiving something from church but not giving it back as well, you can't fulfill these commands. Another reason why we want to commit to a local church, to one church, to one body, is so that we're grounded in discipleship. And what I mean by that is when I think of what to preach, when I pray through what to preach, when I'm thinking through what we're doing for the rest of the year, what series we're going to do, what books of the Bible we're going to look at, I'm thinking with us in mind. I'm not thinking with a church, another town across or a church in another country or what should the church worldwide hear at the moment but what is God wanting us to hear what's right for us and if you're a visitor this word is for you as well and I pray that God will use use it to speak to you but primarily it's for those who call SBC home it's for us to think on to pray on and to act on together being committed to a local church, you enable yourself to be dis- discipled in the context of that local church. If you think through even the New Testament, the letters written by Paul to local churches address certain issues. And yes, they are applicable to everyone, but specifically applicable to the recipients that hear it the seven letters in Revelation to the seven different churches. Again, yes, we can read them, but they weren't primarily for us, they were primarily for those seven churches. They had different encouragements, different warnings, but primarily they are for a, a local church at a, at a particular time. Of course, in our time and in our culture, we maybe sometimes experience this idea of FOMO. I don't know if you've heard of FOMO, fear of missing out. There's this idea that the grass is always greener somewhere else. There's always a church doing something better and you'll always find a church doing something better than us. Uh, And you'll always find us doing maybe something better than another church. Maybe not. But there's always something else out there that might be better. Probably is. Could be. But ultimately, you weren't designed to be a a pot plant uprooted and repotted 
every season of your life. You were designed to be planted, to grow, and perhaps more importantly, to help others grow through your commitment to the local church. It's only when we commit each other, commit ourselves to each other, to a local church, that we help others grow in turn as well. So I'd love for you to show that commitment here, of course. But ultimately, as long as you are committed to your local church, stay committed. Understand that no church is perfect and there's plenty of reasons not to be committed. And also understand that commitment then leads to action. Jesus faced many reasons not to stay committed to us. But instead, he did, knowing it was good for us that he did. You staying committed is not because the church deserves it, but rather because it's what Jesus did and will ultimately bring the best fruit out of the church. Commitment isn't just lip service saying, I'm committed, but it's action. It's prayer. It's time. It's money. It's conversation. It's sacrifice. It's mirroring Jesus' action through pain, through false accusations, through taking responsibility, unconditionally, in prayer. And so as we finish this morning, I just want to ask you this question. What does your current commitment look like to Jesus' church? What does your current commitment look like? And that's not a, it needs to change question, it's just a take stock. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is it? What's my commitment at the moment? Is it where Jesus wants it to be? It's not until we pray that and ask God that, that he might lead us in another direction or in a new direction. Hebrews 10, verse 23 to 25. I want to read it one more time, the verse we started with. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider. Let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. I want you to consider this morning. I want you to consider the person next to you, the person behind you, the person in Yarram, the person at home. I want you to consider one another. How are you committed to serving? How are you committed to building up the local church? How might you provoke love and good works? There is always needs and there is always opportunity to show and to, um, to demonstrate that commitment through a variety of different avenues. And only you know the answer to what God is calling you to. But I want you to consider it this morning. Through the next three weeks as we continue this Heart for the House, the house is set up in our foyer here in Sale. I think Yarram have a, a smaller version of the house set up in uh, Yarram as well. And it's there for you to, to pray and consider, and they're not all the opportunities of how you can commit to SBC. They're just some practical ones that we thought that might be helpful for you to consider and pray through. Of different teams that have different gaps um, of our finances that aren't meeting our budget to enable us to continue to, to minister in the ways that we 
plan and hope to. In small groups that have gaps for you to both receive and to give, there is plenty of opportunities for you to, to get involved, to show um, different levels of commitment. And I want you to consider them this morning. I want you to consider them as you walk out um, from church today. Have a look at that house. Have a look at where the light's shining out and maybe take one of those black cups and say, I, I could do that. I could have a go at that. I could let some more light out of this house. Show, show a bit of commitment here or there. Because as we all do that, we all benefit. Everyone wins when we're all committed. Everyone wins when we all um, do our part and contribute to, to God's house the way he wants us to. So as we finish, I'm going to pray. And I want you to just take a moment just to maybe put your hands out, surrender and say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me about this morning? And again, this is not about um, guilting you into anything. And if you feel like you're just being guilted into, oh, Brad wants me to do more. No. I want you to consider, I want you to prayerfully consider what God is speaking to you about this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning for your love for us, for your commitment to us. God, even when we don't deserve to be committed to, you stay committed to us. And God, you stay committed to us as a church through our good moments and our bad moments and through everything in between, God. God, you love us and you're in the, in the process of redeeming us to shine brightly in this community. And so, God, we pray that you would stir us up. God, you would help us to consider what our love for your church looks like at the moment and what our commitment is. And God, help us to consider one another. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts? Would you challenge us? Would you encourage us? Because God, you are so good to us. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And uh, thanks, SBC Yaron, for, for tuning in. And, and I hope you had a great morning with us as well. Stick around if you're in the building for some tea and coffee. Uh, say good day to someone. Maybe continue that conversation you had during the mingle time. And we'll see you again next Sunday.